Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that will take at least 25 minutes to regenerate. Like, <laughs> it's going to be the original hosts for most of yeah. this episode before we get regenerated into our new incarnations, okay? Just hang, <laughs> I know you're looking for the new guys. Just hang tight, because yeah. we're, we're gonna one be third of bit. the way through this episode, it's going to happen, okay? <laughs> It's the Noobs and the Hoobian. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. And joining us, as always, is our classic who guru. Hey, I'm Jared. I said joining us, as always, because what is this, like three in a row? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's a staple. That's always. That's right. <laughs> I'm always uh, lurking th- in the background. <laughs> <laughs> what people don't know is Jared actually lives here. <laughs> He's, just... He's just in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who haven't. And Jared. <laughs> so welcome to episode number 143 covering the 1996 movie Doctor Who colon the movie creative title this is the yes <laughs> this is the one where the doctor spends half the episode almost dead and the other half fully insane <laughs> all right uh this uh again this was not a show this was a movie so this did not air but premiered may 14th 1996 and you know what i didn't look up jared but i bet you're you're somewhat aware of i would imagine released internationally right that was the whole point um, it, it premiered uh, two days earlier in Canada, so the 12th, and then it, it was two or three days later in, in the UK. Mm. Two or three days, so on the 14th? So, no, sorry, it's two to three days later than the US uh, premiere, so like the 16th, 17th, something like that. Whoa, really? Yeah. So so Canada on the 12th, the US on the 14th, and the UK on the 16th? Some, they were mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there were some angry Brits that day. I, that, I don't know. Movie. They they had a lot of uh, uh, they had like really high viewing numbers. So um, it was like nine million. Oh no, I'm just like saying. That. Like I, I'm I'm sure there was all kinds of griping about like why are why are the Yanks getting it first? British people talking. Yes, the Yanks. <laughs> That's how angry Brits are <laughs> in your head. That's- <laughs> Uh, this one was uh, written by Matthew Jacobs and directed by Jeffrey Sachs. Miscellaneous trivia. Um, first of all, I, I just encourage everyone to, on on this cold, wintry weekend weather, of course, actually, by the time this airs, that, that's probably all going to be gone. But right now, we're sitting in the middle of historic cold weather for Texas. So so curl up by the fire. Uh, get out your, your uh, mobile device or laptop of choice. Pull up the Wikia article on this and sit down for for a long winter's reading of all of the information about how this movie got made. I did not even have time to dig into all of it, but I did pull this little nugget out of there. Disney tried to buy Doctor Who. What? Not okay, surprised. of course. So the Wikia, the Wikia mentioned that um, as they were trying to get the the movie made, there were all kinds of conversations. That were happening, obviously, and the BBC was in various stages of meh about about Doctor Who at this point. Um, and we're and by the way, we're talking. You know, the movie came out in '96, so we're we're talking like early '90s. So the show's been on indefinite hiatus for a couple of years. Um, those kinds of things. So they were in. They were kind of putting out feelers in a couple of different directions. And one of the conversations that apparently happened at some level, I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how serious it ever got. Um, oh, and by the way, the Wikia said when Disney was in their buying frenzy in the eighties <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 
what you mean like, one of they've because... done this before yeah like i don't remember you know <clears throat> i i wasn't i was a kid so i don't remember disney buying up a bunch of stuff i don't but anyway, apparently they've done this before. It's not just Marvel and Star Wars. Um, so in the midst of their buying frenzy, it said that they tried to buy the franchise. And then the, the Wikia noted, not the movie rights. Mm. They were trying to buy Doctor Who. Mm. Sure. So I want us all to sit back and think of the world that could have been if Disney currently owned Doctor Who. Now, forget about the rules of time travel and the butterfly effect. Here's what I want to imagine, okay? Forget about how, well, then if they had done that, then maybe the, the show would have been different. No, in my world, <laughs> everything happened the way it happened, except that Disney owns the rights. So now, right now, you're talking about all of Doctor Who, classic and new Who, would A, be on Disney+, Plus, right. B, have bajillions of dollars of budget behind it, and three, I don't remember my numbering system at this point. It would be in the same wheelhouse, in the same production house as Marvel and Star Wars. So they could have the three time matchup where the doctor yes. finds Luke. This and, and, and Luke <laughs> the doctor finds Luke. And and picks up Luke. And then Luke like in the galaxy battles. far, far yeah. away. So, so secondly, the other thing is, um, Russell T Davies, if, there's been this weird headline. I finally clicked on it that says Russell T Davies thinks that Dr. Who should have its own MCU style expanded universe. And I'm like, didn't what? they do that yeah. already? Yeah. They've already made two universes. No, no, no. What I mean is, um, they already had at one time, they had Dr. Who torchwood oh, yeah. and sarah jane adventures running right. at the same time right. and then there was another show that we briefly mentioned one time called class or the class or something so sarah jane adventures was doctor who for kids yeah the class was sarah jane adventures for teens um torchwood um. was doctor who rated r <laughs> you know so you had like the whole gambit so they were doing what star trek is doing now what star wars is doing now what the mcu is doing now and, and so I finally clicked on the thing. And what Russell T. Davies was saying was, um, interestingly enough, he says, we were 10 years too early mm. because apparently like there wasn't enough oomph behind it. Like those, those spinoff shows were popular, but they're not still going obviously. And Dr. Who mm -hmm. still is. So he's like, imagine if we had done that now where mm. there are, he, he said there should be like Dr. Who channels, essentially <laughs> there should be a whole channel that is the Dr. Who universe. And every show on it is Dr. Who universe. Mm. And I'm like, Oh wow. But they were ahead of the curve. You yeah. know, I like to imagine that if Disney had the rights to Dr. Who right now, there would be multiple doctors with episodes releasing at the same time. Like, oh yeah, the thirteenth and the fourteenth at the same they, time. They would had find releasing. they would find a different time lord, and that would get a spinoff show. And oh, that's the thing is, oh, he, yeah. uh, RTD was saying um, Romana needs a show, the Ronnie needs a show. Yeah, yeah. The, why do yeah. we not have a show where the main protagonist is the master? Why does that not exist? Or and River. I was like, okay, let's get him back in charge. Chibs, you've had your moment. <laughs> time to go. Well, time to bring and, back our TV and just think all of the uh, big finish audio turned into TV shows. Oh, taking all of those episodes. 
Yeah. The only the only thing that I don't like about this idea is that, um, well, there's two things. One, how many streaming services do I have to pay for? <laughs> because right now the list it, they're growing like tribbles. And um, secondly, how much time do we have? Because I I already feel like like by the way, when it comes to the MCU, I. Until WandaVision, I never watched any of the oh, TV yeah. shows. Like I never Shield. I watched Agents of Shield for like two episodes and yeah. it was already in season three, so I couldn't get into it. Mm. But I know that I missed things. And I do yeah. kind of hate that. So I I do and, and and by the way, Star Trek is about to do the same flipping thing to me. By the way, you know what? CBS All Access, which is now it's gonna become Paramount Paramount Plus. Oh yeah. I think they finally figured out their business model. You know what it is? Make every episode, make every possible iteration of Star Trek possible so that we have to say subscribed because there are 52 episodes of Star Trek a year now. <laughs> Do you realize that we went for like four months with new episodes of Star Trek every week between the three three different shows that were on the air? Yeah. It's just like, ah. So um, so if, if Doctor Who all of a sudden there were like 14 series of Doctor Who running all at once. And Corbin, you're blowing my mind with the idea of having multiple incarnations <laughs> on the air at the same time. Be that would be a, a show Bible mess. That would be trying murder. to keep all of that. Uh, well, hey, we just stick with the same rules of consistency that we've done for the last 50 years. And who cares? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anywho, uh, so getting into the cast a little bit, there were there were um, uh, two that I kind of wanted to, to clue in on. Uh, you know what? <laughs> what I didn't do was talk at all about Paul McGann. Cor uh, uh, Corbin. Jared, do you know much about Paul McGann outside of Doctor Who? No, not really. <laughs> I can, I can try yeah, and look I, it up I real don't, quick. I was going to say, I, I don't either. So yeah, maybe maybe go do a, a, a quick search on IMDb or something. So Pete at the morgue, who... Uh, is that his credit? <laughs> what? Or is that just well, what you put? His his credit is Pete. Okay. Um. I put Pete at the morgue because I didn't think we were ever going to see him past that first scene. Wow. And we then tortured this poor character. They did. They did. Um, that was a very young Will Sasso who, um, as soon as I saw him, I recognized him. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, wait, where do I know him from though? Yeah. He was on a show called mad TV for a while, which was um, kind of a skit comedy show, kind of uh, SNL type of thing where it's just like random comedy skits in living color was was around the same time and uh, mad tv based off of mad magazine is was kind of the idea um so he was he was in the cast there and then um he also played curly in the 2012 three stooges movie what and <laughs> i, I did movie. not see the movie but i've seen the trailers and i've seen clips from the movie and this mm. guy nails curly it's and it's because that movie was a a love letter to the three stooges it was not like when they redid dukes of hazard and turned it into a farce it was not like that this was like what if the three stooges were still alive and did a movie and he like inhabits curly it's amazing um he's also you wouldn't have recognized him as this he played muska in the orville and muska was uh, uh the alien chef who ran a restaurant called Muska's in the show, the Orville. I don't remember. Well, you wouldn't remember him because he was completely like made up and green face and long no, ears. I don't, and... I don't remember him at all. Oh, I, I didn't either. I had to click on like, who was Muska? And I clicked on it and saw the picture and went, yep, nope. Still don't, still don't know who he was. So, so 
Um, by the way, if you haven't seen the Orville, you need to go watch all three seasons yes. right now. Or two? Two seasons? I don't remember. There's another one supposedly maybe coming out. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's gotten weird because COVID. Uh, the Master was played by, as we mentioned, Eric Roberts. Um, Corbin immediately goes, I know that guy from somewhere. I looked him up. If you're wondering what do I know this guy from, the answer is everything. <laughs> um, this man must not sleep. He has 616 acting credits to his oh name. Goodness. Whoa. And here's, here's the crazy thing. His first acting credit was on a TV show in 1964. All right. So, so, so do the math. That's almost 60 years. And by the way, he's still doing movies. Um, that's like okay. 60 years. So you could say that's like doing 10 movies a year, except it's not because his first acting credit was in 1964. His second was in 1974. And so this guy Boy. has made up for those 10 years in the last five. Because currently his IMDb had Corbin was it twenty movies? I, that it was are, a lot. It was there are like twenty lot. movies on his IMDb that are listed as twenty twenty one. We're two months in. <laughs> He's got movies that are listed as filming, completed, pre production, post production. It's like twenty movies. One that's only been announced so far. Right. <laughs> then if you keep scrolling down um, to twenty twenty. He's got like 19 movies that he did in 2020. I mean, it's just unbelievable how many movies this guy has been in. The uh, The main thing that I knew him from was he played Maroney in The Dark Knight. So he's the guy that uh, Batman's holding him off the roof. And he's like, hey, if you want to scare somebody, try holding him up higher. If you drop me from here, I don't think it's going to kill me. And he's like, I'm counting on it and drops him and like shatters his legs. Yeah, that guy. Um, Corbin, did you ever figure out where you knew him from? No, no. Maybe it is just that, but I really... When I saw the picture of him a little older, I got this really strong feeling that I've seen him in something. Seen him in something else? I can't remember what he, it is. Like I said, apparently his face is on a movie screen somewhere in the world at any moment, <laughs> at any given moment for the last five years. Um, he he is on a movie screen or television screen somewhere. You know, I wonder if there is an actor that prolific that that is the case. There was a movie where that was a subplot. Really? And some what? guy was doing his his college thesis that uh, at any given moment, some actor is on television. I can't remember what the actor's name was. I can't remember who it was, but it was like uh, that actor is on television somewhere at any given moment. And so the whole movie, he's just like this background character. He's always sitting in front of a television with like a notepad. I can't think of what it is now, but um that's that's been done. So Paul McGann, uh, Jared, what'd you find? Paul <laughs> yeah, McGann, of course, uh, being the eighth doctor. We we came to this so well prepared, but uh, just yeah. <laughs> just looking over his um, filmography, you know, looking over his, his his career, it looks like he's much uh, he, he's pretty well known in uh, England because he he's not that he hasn't done a lot of film, but he hasn't done a lot of like big films that that uh at least that i'm familiar with yeah that, that i would think are, are internationally known um but he's got a lot of tv credits a lot a lot of tv credits uh including being in a few episodes of the walking dead um, oh wow oh. and the bletchley circle which i i've i haven't watched but i've heard of because i've britbox subscription um uh so 
you know, things like that. He, he's done some uh, TV versions of, of Shakespeare that, of course, they do fairly, you know, like on rotation in England. Um, right, yeah. You know, work, work, work through the whole canon of, of those works. Um, but the one, uh, the one movie that I recognized that he was in, but I think he just had a bit part because I don't recognize the character, but he was in Empire of the Sun, uh, which is clear back to 1987. Um, you, I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, what's that? Is that a war movie? I, I vaguely. Yeah, it's it's got a really uh, young Christian Bale uh, in it, oh, uh, playing wow. playing kind of the lead character, um, or the you know that that the story follows through, and he um, he's in a, a British, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, living in Shanghai, or, or yeah, I think it was Shanghai, uh, li- you know, living in China, um, and then. Uh, that they get taken over by the Japanese in World War II time, and oh, okay. so he 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 then spends so, the the war times. It follows him through the um, internment camp that that they're in. Um, so you know, and and follows him through that that time there. It's a, a um, oh shoot, what's the famous director's name? Um, uh, uh, Back to the Future. Spielberg. Uh, Spielberg. Thank you. Spielberg. Um, oh, okay. Steven Spielberg uh, film. So anyway, um, so that's the, that was the one uh, film that I recognized him in, but he's, he just, he has a ton, a ton of, uh, of TV credits. So, um, and he, you know, he kind of came on the scene doing um, what I imagine is a dramatic role. I know nothing of the show, uh, but it's, he played a a deserter from world, a British deserter from world war one in the serial, the monocled mutineer. (laughs) <laughs> which is <laughs> great British name. What? That was, that as was in 1986. Yeah, right. exactly. And so that was like his first breakout, you know, uh, Oh, there it says it's a, it's a dramatic role. Uh, but I, okay. I also get the impression that he also does comedy pretty well. So it's oh, from cool. some of his other right. work. So that's, uh, you know, there you go. Ringing endorsement for Paul McGann. Yeah. Hey guys, Noobs in the Hooping is brought to you by Google Fi. Uh, as we've talked about before, Google Fi has got their own cell phone service that they started up a couple of years ago. And uh, their whole thing is only paying for what you use. Um, you don't have to do plans and then worry about going over or you bought too big of a plan and now you can't roll back. $20 a month gets you unlimited talk and text and then $10 per gig of data. They charge you down to the megabyte. A megabyte is one cent. Again, what what were you going to do with that one cent? You might as well get a megabyte of data, so you can <laughs> read the you can read the subject line of an email for that probably. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen dollars a line, you can add on uh, additional lines. Uh, they also have, by the way, they also have some deals a lot of times on phones. So it's Google. So if you get one of Google's phones, a, a Pixel or uh, maybe something else that they're selling in the store, like a Moto X4, or Moto G7, those kinds of things. Uh, you can usually get them on a pretty good discount and they'll either sell them to you cheap or sometimes they'll sell them to you cheap. Plus they'll give you a credit on your bill and things like that. So we've pretty much not paid full price for a phone since we started with them because we always take advantage of their sales and offers. And uh, every time I think that we're going to upgrade and sell off one of the old phones, we end up having to pass it down to one of the kids. So (laughs) there's just a never ending stream of cell phones in our house right now. So uh, head on over to noobsinthehooving.com slash fi and you can get $20 off after your first month. So that brings us down to the checklist. Well, Um, if we, sorry, if if we just jump back to uh, um, again real quick, because I I do want to correct something I said, I was apparently reading too fast. 
and I happened to notice once we went into the commercial break, um, he was not on Walking Dead. He was on Waking the Dead. <laughs> which I, <laughs> oh. I have no clue what that's about. Maybe it's a similar concept, but uh, <laughs> I didn't want to leave the uh, impression out there, you know, wrong Here's, information out the there. Kavine regrets the error, and we <laughs> yeah. retract our previous statement. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry um, for any so, discomfort I may have caused. That's right. <laughs> I have hurt those that I love, and I apologize. Uh, so into the checklist, the name of the episode spoken in dialogue or the name of the movie spoken in dialogue guys if they said the movie i would have cried oh that would have been great um but how did we by the way <clears throat> it's suddenly striking me because when i was when i was looking at the checklist during the movie i remember going oh man we're gonna have to get the greatest doctor who no just the doctor moment in all of classic who right <laughs> it's the movie it's introducing the yeah. doctor to an international audience. It's introducing the TARDIS and the master and what a time Lord is and the time vortex and how all of these things work. And it's got to introduce the idea of why is this show called Dr. Who? And instead of doing that, they gave him amnesia. <laughs> Who I, am I? Indeed. How many people, how many people yeah. walked out of this movie going, Oh, I get it. It's called Dr. Who. Cause he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> Probably a lot of people. Yeah. He figured it out at the end, though, didn't he? <laughs> he did, but I mean, like, there was not a Doctor Who moment in this movie. How yeah. how did how did we let, let this happen? I wonder how many people walked out unclear as to who the actual bad guy was. <laughs> oh my gosh, we were, we were watching it, and there were several moments. Jer- Jared, I texted you in the middle of the movie, going, "Okay, oh, the yeah. whole thing where the Daleks um like executed the Master." on his final incarnation, I was like, was that calling back to an episode that we missed? Or was that just for the movie? And Jerry goes, no, that was just for the movie. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) What? Like a potential universe altering death in this series was done in the opening bit. Yep. Like, holy crap. Three minutes into this movie. Oh, and by the way, uh, maybe this fits under creature of the week here. That was the worst rendition of the Dalek voices ever. Oh, so yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. There were so many things that where I felt like they did a great job introducing a new audience to this whole series with all of these decades of, of backstory. And then there were some times where I went, oh, that's what you did? You decided, you decided to A, not show the Daleks, B, not explain why Scar is important and who the Daleks are and what they yeah. have to do with anything, and then lastly you're gonna make that voice for the uh, anyways <laughs> well the, the regular voice is copyrighted still by terra nation so can can't use it oh that's true so they couldn't use it in the uh oh that's funny so in Doctor really Who and true, the Dalek, they couldn't use the warp, warp of the of the tardis so in this movie he's like well you can't use my dalek voices <laughs> 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 this, the, the Doctor Who movie copyright battle continues. Yeah. So, but as you think um, about the things that it's like that they they just sort of uh, you know call it retconned or whatever, or or just seemed like they sort of slapdashed in there. Think about the fact that all the while the main producer, the main guy who's trying to get this go you know, happening and and working, is saying no, we have to keep it as close to canon as possible the whole time. So, oh well, thank goodness for that been, because it could have been much farther out there. Oh, so I forgot. 
I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but you, you just reminded me when Disney was looking to buy this, if I'm understanding correctly from what the Wikia said, some, somebody who was involved in the process at one point said, what if we tried this? And I think it was somebody at Disney. I think it was while the Disney conversation was happening. This is the movie they wanted to make. The doctor and the master are brothers. <laughs> Children of the long lost time Lord Ulysses, who is lost in space and time. Of course. What? Obviously. Once the, once the master becomes president of the time Lords, uh, the, the doctor flees Gallifrey to go find his long lost father with the help of his grandfather who taught him time travel. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Have you seen a single episode? I wouldn't be at that level in my life where I have the power <laughs> to completely rewrite the entire canon of some incredibly popular show. Oh, you have that power now. <laughs> you just make a blog. <laughs> no, but like everyone, <laughs> has, everyone has to listen to what I say. Yeah. Okay, let me. All right, here you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. Um, this is. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to scan over this here, but at any rate, at some point they were talking about the the rebooted series. And there was a guy named Philip Siegel who was who was trying to who was trying to make this happen. So this was okay. So this was not the movie. Sorry, this was a a pitched uh, TV reboot of some kind, right? Oh my gosh! So they created this extensive series bible that they called the Chronicles of Doctor Who? Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> and it says. Um, the proposed new series, uh, the, the, the series Bible was to introduce Dr. Who and the proposed new series. It said, um, <laughs> Siegel had envisioned this version as largely divorced from the original BBC <laughs> series. You don't say. Although, you although the basic concepts of Dr. Who were adhered to, the program's mythos would be completely rewritten. It introduced the doctor and the master half brothers and sons of the lost time Lord explorer Ulysses. Barusa's son, and Barusa was uh, a a misspelling of of a character who was in the Deadly Assassin. Is this ringing a bell? Barusa? No. <laughs> okay, he was he was a character who appeared in the Deadly Assassin. Okay, it says when when the evil master becomes president of the Time Lords, and upon Barusa's death, the Doctor flees Gallifrey in a quote rickety old TARDIS. <laughs> Oh, oh, I forgot. This This is the best part. Barusa. Okay, so the grandfather of the Doctor and the Master. Barusa's spirit becomes enmeshed in the TARDIS, enabling Barusa to advise his grandson. So he didn't teach him time travel. He becomes wow. the TARDIS. So, um, and then the Doctor takes the TARDIS to, quote, the blue planet to search for Ulysses the native world of, of the, Oh, Oh, the blue planet being the native world of the doctor's mother. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're, so the doctor and the master are half brothers. They have different mothers because the doctor's mother is from earth, which oh. is this a thing in the show before this movie constantly references it? Uh, I, I, that's all I can figure is that somehow that bit 
like made it into, Oh, by the way, speaking of, uh, you said Spielberg, um, Spielberg was, um, was, uh, in, in talks to direct this. Yeah. Originally he was, he was going to be doing this. Um, so anyways, let me, let me jump off of Wikia and back into our notes here. Um, because yeah, that was, that just blew my mind. I love the idea of like the grandfather becoming the TARDIS. And I'm just picturing their head, by the way, there would have had to have been like a Zordon level, like the center console would have had like a Zordon face thing going on of like Barusa speaking to his, to his grandson, you know, like the TARDIS would have actually spoken and stuff like that. Oh my on God. one we of have the to view make screens this. comes his face uh, yeah, and the, yeah, and the exactly. whirring of the TARDIS. Yeah. And then there was that groundbreaking voice. episode where the TARDIS's door turned into an arm and grabbed the doctor and saved him. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> speaking of the TARDIS, uh, let's get into our jiggery poker and talk about the TARDIS. I Barusa, love, 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 love. Uh, what's that? Sorry, Barusa, by the way, is a teacher from Gallifrey. That's that's who we're talking about. No, I'm no Jerry, he's the grandfather. Of- yes, I know. And in canon, <laughs> yeah. he's a teacher. Canon Schmannon, apparently, Pops is what we're thinking here. Yeah. Um, I love the gothic mansion TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> it's complete, so over the top. Complete with, as Corbin mentioned, leaves blowing yeah. around. Yeah. Corbin's uh-huh. like, why are there leaves inside the TARDIS? And I said, because they fell off of the trees that are apparently in the TARDIS because we're in a mansion. Like, what the crap? Did you put trees in your mansion? If it was inside of a time machine that was infinite on the inside, why not? Hey, my brother bought an atrium ranch. He doesn't even have a mansion, and he's got a tree in his house. Hey, there you go. So, um, yeah. That was... Okay, I loved this control room. But when he went through the like 20 foot stone doors into, by the way, the cloister room, is that the first time? Have you ever been to the cloister room in Classic Who? Not that I remember. No, I think that's the only time. I had totally forgotten about it, by the way. That's the thing. There had to be moments for Classic Who fans that this just blew their minds. They're like, Um, why? The Eye of Harmony. Was was the Eye of Harmony uh, ever seen? I know it was referenced in, in Classic Who, right? Yeah, uh, I think it was like a more like a stone, a small stone, like on a necklace or something like that. That's it what might I was just be referenced, but that's what I've got in my head. Yeah, so I had a I had a note here that said the Eye of Harmony looks a bit less impressive in this one, but then I realized that was because that was just the cover, yeah. and then they opened it up and we didn't actually get to see the Eye of Harmony. Yeah. We just got to know that apparently it glows. Um, and. Uh, uh, I just have a note that says there's a key. Why? Probably the referring to the key, key over the P in his police box thing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I stopped. I stopped in the middle of writing that note. There's a uh, there's a there's a hide a key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, over over the P in police box, which, mind you, he seems to not be able to reach on his own. He has to have someone there. To well, that's for security. Yeah, you have to have a companion <laughs> with you. You know, it, it it's bad enough when people store uh, a spare key under the mat in front of yeah. their door. Because I'm like, you're going to get robbed. It's just a matter of time. You're yeah. going to get robbed. But if, if I was hiding a key to one of the most dangerous, you know, vehicles in the known universe that could do irreparable damage to space and time. I might, I might not just hide it there. I might, I don't know, make it thumbprint activated, the hide a key box or to something. To be fair, up out of sight 
and in a difficult to reach spot is way more than most people would go to in terms of hiding their key. Well, so. and, and for that matter, <laughs> uh, apparently in all of the times that the TARDIS has been stolen by the enemy, they've never found the hide a key. So yeah, my head cannon, by the way, says that that key is still there. He put, he put a spare key back up there. Um, and my, now the key doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't not fit the lock right kind of key. Yeah, that was a, a completely lock. different kind of key than we, normally what we it see. It was is a false a key. key. Like what? It was a, a false, false lock. Keyhole. But that's amazing. That yeah, was, that was, also, you could use a spoon to open that. What was so <laughs> special about that no, key? No, no, it had a little pointy bit too. Yeah, that's oh. that's the that's the yeah. that's one the little raised bit that will that will keep people out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and I'm just imagining that the symbols that were carved on it, that's, that's the actual that's the actual key. Because it's time lord technology. It, it like reads it like weird. a barcode or something. Yeah. And it's like, you know, some ancient room. But you or... but you still have to put the key into it instead of like I don't know, face scan. That's like <laughs> what, snapping your fingers? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, so we only, had the only other time we saw the cloister room was with the fourth doctor in Legopolis. Adric was in there, okay. by the way. So you know Adric. Ooh, Adric. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or <laughs> Adric. Yeah. I mean Poor Adric. <laughs> so um we also had the return of the Sonic Screwdriver since the, the for the first time yeah. since the fifth Doctor story, The Visitation in nineteen eighty two. His Sonic looked dumb. He was <laughs> so boring. Um it was pretty on brand for classic who Sonic. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it was, if I recall, it was even more classic than the fifth doctor. So it went back more to like the uh, the, the third. third, fourth doctor. Yeah, so boring. Yeah. And it's the other thing just... is uh, in classic who the Sonic. Um, so, you know how it has like the, it had the ring around it and the little yeah. red thing in the middle. Um, think about that like a microphone. And that's how the that's how the doctors in classic who held the Sonic. Right. Th this idea of pointing it like a laser pointer. That didn't start until nine. You yep. just go hold it. They up. would hold it up. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to remember, I, I can't remember if we've ever actually done an episode that featured the Sonic, maybe the third doctor story that we did, but I, I don't yeah, even know. The Sonics didn't, no, really didn't come up that much. Yeah. No, it, that's, yeah that's, it wasn't, it wasn't as episode. integral, but it was enough that the, that Jonathan Nathan Turner wanted to write it out of the show. It was, which it is was hilarious crushed. when you think about how much they use it now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Now it is it is the Doctor Who tricorder. Yeah. Yeah. It's if you don't see a tricorder on an episode of Star Trek, it's like, what are you even doing? What? Um, you know, or or somebody using the the communicator or something. It's it it is just absolutely uh prevalent. And the funny thing to me was when we saw the glimpse of it, I was like, ooh, you know, the Sonic, because I remember that it had gone away. And then when he like closed it up in the box or no, he, he grabbed it out of the box and stuck it in his pocket. And I was like, Oh, that's the last time we're going to see that. And then it kind of, so I thought it was just kind of a fan servicey thing, but then it kind of became a plot point of Lee Chang Lee had this thing the whole time, yeah. the whole movie, they kept talking about how Chang had his things. And it was really disappointing that you didn't get the Sonic back into the doctor's hand until like the epilogue which is a reminder to us that this movie was not a movie. This movie was a pilot for a new television yeah. series. Right. This yeah. was supposed to be introducing you to, oh, and the Sonic is a thing that the doctor is going to have again because he mm -hmm. didn't have it for a while. Now he's going to have it back again. 
So th- this was this was the writer, director, producer, whoever saying this. We're going to totally have this in the show again. Yeah, it's back. So it was it was very sad that he. I think he used it once, and now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even think McGann used it once. It was it was McCoy who used it. It got used one time. What did he use it for? I don't even remember. It was something simple. I think he like used it to open a lock, and it was McCoy. Oh, he used it to close the lock for the master. The, the box that the master was in. You're abs- that's what it was. Mm-hmm. He used it there. Corbin said that sounded terrible because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound like the new Who Sonic. That's probably uh, copyrighted as well or whatever. Uh, <laughs> or they just didn't have that sound bite yet. Right. But uh, he, McCoy used it. McGann never did. McGann grabbed it at the end and stuck it in his pocket. And that and was all. And sat back down to read his book. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That was a great moment there. Um, I think that was everything that I had on the checklist. Did anybody have anything else? So then that'll uh, that'll just bring us down to uh, other stuff we noticed. That time vortex was very new. Who wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I felt like this was the definitely meteors, bridging though, the gap. But like other than that, I mean, the, oh, the, the, uh, the not the meteors. Yeah, the asteroid yeah, belt the in the time vortex. Was <laughs> Wait, a little what? weird. <laughs> you um, know those time asteroids. They're, they're very annoying. <laughs> time asteroids. Anyways, <laughs> uh, apparently, I don't know if it's the director or the writer or some producer somewhere had a thing for eyeballs because this movie had some weird yeah. eyeball stuff. It was so the like <laughs> dome that they put the doctor in from the top looked like not not the doctor, the master. The master, yeah, looked like an eyeball from the top. Well, yeah, okay, so eyeballs. so it started off with we're looking into space. And some like galaxies turn into eyeballs, and then we zoom in on one eyeball, and that turns into the execution device that was on the master's head as the you know the perspective rotates ninety degrees or whatever. Yeah. Um, we had first of all one of the clues that the master was the master was that he had green glowy snake eyeballs. Which why were they soul is a was, snake? Also, I'm yeah. glad it's so easy to convince people you've been possessed. I just put some scholar lenses or whatever and yeah tell them oh, i'm not your friend i'm a different guy they'll believe me it's cool <laughs> Darren, is there was there any history of you know what let me let me come back to that let me come at corbin go put a note on there about why was the master a snake <laughs> so i do want to talk about that he was like a cobra that was so weird yeah. mm. but um we had um oh i i just wrote down the eye keeper open thingy um, because uh, that to me was like the the pinnacle of the eyeball obsession that we have in this in this movie. Um, you know, by the way, it, it started to make sense. We had so much to do with eyeballs. We had we had a a detailed close up of a fish eye to introduce us to the fact that we were in San Francisco. Yeah, and then the head getting cut off. So many things about eyes, and then I and then we get into it, and it's oh wait a minute, the eye of harmony is the central plot point of the movie. Is that what we were doing? Is it all referencing that? Yeah, I mean, because there was like, like I've never heard of this before, but there was a strong eyeball theme in this movie. I don't think I've ever said that about any other movie. There was a strong emphasis on the theme of eyeball. Um, Even when they opened the Eye of Harmony, they were like staring directly at the doctor's eye. It was super close. uh, It was so weird. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, were there any other particular eyeball things? Because I mean, I, I like I, I even stopped writing them down. Anyways, um, <laughs> Trip 
Trip caught something. Jared, I want to I want to see if you caught this. Trip caught it and we had to rewind it so he could explain it to us. Do you remember at the New Year's Eve apparently costume party <laughs> where again Pete Pete from the morgue wearing the the uh Nixon mask uh a guy taps on his shoulder and he turns around and gets spooked and flings his cake. Do you do you remember this at all? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Did you catch why he was scared? No. The guy was dressed as the doctor. They uh, like right after he had a bullet wound in his head and was wearing <laughs> sheets wrapped around his body. And had like white makeup on. And yeah, had white makeup to look like he was dead. And probably messed I, up his hair or something. I did not get that. It was at so all. small. It was on screen twice for like yeah, three seconds each. That was yeah. the crazy thing was they when they when we rewound, they showed that again. And I'm like, that's a weird moment to relive. But, you know, like again, Will Sasso's big close-up on the camera moment, apparently. <laughs> that was so weird. Um, so that was that was definitely a uh, trip went, wait a minute. That, oh, oh, I get it. He was being the doctor. And I'm like, what? Pete what? was being the doctor? And I, oh, and I was like, no, that was a Richard Nixon mask. <laughs> and I went, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, I'm not stupid, Dad. <laughs> no, run it back. Run it back. And I rewound it and went, oh, my gosh. That's what it was. All right, so that brings us down to who's who. So who is Chang Li? This was this was an interesting character. It's my favorite character. I was not expecting the master to have a companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was interesting. That's that was, cool. that I've was talked cool. about that before in Classic Who Connections. I have you. What? That he had a companion? <laughs> yeah. I know you mentioned Chang Li. But I don't remember you mentioning that he was like he was the the master's companion essentially. Okay, well I didn't put it that way. That's true. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that he was I, his, I remember... his henchman, I think I said, or something like that, or okay, or, yeah, 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 his yeah. assistant, yeah, yeah. or or whatever. Yeah, right. And that way, and by the way, I remember you mentioned that in the episode Dark Water because Miss Missy shouted Doctor Chang, right? And uh, that was that was like a weird uh, callback to Chang Li, yeah, apparently. Yeah, if it was, um, what's that? If it really was a callback, <laughs> just uh, yeah, it works for me. Yeah, um, you know, I was having, I, I was trying to remember though. Um, I got confused with the dark water episode. What I was thinking was Professor Yana. Remember when the master was did the did the John Smith fob watch thing, uh-huh. and yeah. he was Professor Yana, and he had Chantho. Do you remember Chantho oh, yeah. who said? Chan, yes, sir. Though, and you know, she always had to say Chan at the beginning and Tho at the end. Um, I was thinking that was her name or something, and then I was like, oh no, wait, that was Chan Though, and then I had to go look up what was Chang. (laughs) So I literally went to the Wikia and put in Chang Lee, and then I'm like, it didn't show up, and I went, what if it was just Chang? And then yeah, there you go, it was Doctor Doctor Chang. Um, I I love when she said that. You're you're making me think of the Monty Python uh, uh, Spanish Inquisition, Cardinal. <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Um, this might be the best bigger on the inside reaction in all of Classic Who. Just stepped in, maybe okay. in all of Who. Yeah. His face was like, wait, wait a second. That actor, I don't know what that actor knew about the show, knew about the TARDIS, or was told by the director, but he nailed this moment without saying a word. He, just walked he in busted with- through the doors. And just had this look of like, no, that's not what I'm seeing. 
just like, what? And then just turned around on his heels, walked out silently, did his loop around the TARDIS, and then went back in. I love, it wasn't it was like awe and wonder. It was like he was being duped or it something. It was stupefaction. Yeah, it was like I'm being punked or something right now. Like, where's the hidden cameras? Even though that wasn't a thing in 1999 as much. Um, I did think it was interesting that it was a uh, 1996 movie taking place in New Year's Eve 1999. Yeah. And so it's one of those weird things where you are in 2021 watching a movie in 1996 about the near future uh, that we passed years ago. It was was really kind of interesting. I was also um, desperately, desperately wanting Prince's uh, 1999 to be playing at the the party. and. Which it was at every New Year's party that year. That year. Oh, so I was I was a senior in 1999. So my prom was in 99, and I said I think from I think from the spring of my junior year, I started spreading it around the school. If they don't play Prince's 1999 at prom, I am going to rebel somehow, some way, mm-hmm. and uh, and it just kind of became this running gag amongst me and my friends. And while we were at prom with my current wife now, by the way, we, we were dating back then. Aww. We were standing in line to get our pictures taken when 1999 came on. So they played it at my prom. I just didn't get to dance to it. Oh, so sad. that's my sob story. Sad. I'll be starting a GoFundMe campaign over at. Yeah, no, that, that was the saddest <laughs> event of dad's life. He, he didn't get to dance to. That's that's my greatest regret from high school. Yeah, that, it sounds that. like you had a good couple of high school years. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, so, who is Grace? How about the fact that on on the heels of the greatest bigger on the inside moment from Chang, we didn't get one from Grace. Like she didn't even note it. <laughs> she watched a cop Except car go her. into it and then come back out of. Yeah, the motorcycle. Yeah, and she goes <laughs> like shrugs her shoulders like, like funny old world, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then she did the stupid thing where she tried to explain how it works. Yeah, she, well, she's she, a nurse. She so did the Rory really, reaction where she completely uh, understood cross-dimensional doorways. I get their doctors, <laughs> but they have a doctor in medical no, science. That's not that's not, not the point. quantum that's theory. Not the, point. the point wasn't that she's a doctor, so she understands it. The point is she's smart because she's a companion. She's a companion. That's that's that was the point in, in my She has no right to understand how these things work though. You have no this right. Is, this is like that is what a what do you PhD mean by that? in physics to even begin to understand what's going on inside that TARDIS do, and she just rattled it off. Do you like understand anything about time dilation near black holes? I I guess maybe. Because of a movie. <laughs> it doesn't mean the movie was right. Except that it was. <laughs> so, but anyway, anyway, what I'm saying is there's other ways to learn. Um, anyways, she invited the doctor to come with her. Yeah. What about that idea? Power move. And do what? He does. Okay, so if we remember that we weren't actually watching a movie, we were watching the the opening episode of a whole new television series, a pilot, if you will. He got to the end of, and and for that matter, a, a new doctor slash new companion episode. So this was like the 11th hour, right? Yeah. We get to the end. He invites her to come with him. Like you do when you're the doctor. Yeah. She says, you come with me. And he's like, he almost went for it. Did you notice that? He was like, oh, there's an idea. There's a thought. <laughs> and I love that. I love that reversal. Yeah. Um. So... What do you guys just overall? What do you guys think of her as a companion? All three of you. It was I mean, kind of weird. What? 
like are you gonna be hung up on this doctor thing what doctor thing the fact that she's a doctor so she shouldn't know oh, anything no. about medicine no it's just she should know how to drive a car she's a doctor it's weird that like first of all she thought he was insane for about half of the movie right but at some point it just kind of switched and like, she started going along with him on all this ridiculous nonsense. You know what I thought feeling. was weird was I feel like she started going along with him and then and it became the moment in the park where he was like, I'm, I have to close my eyes so she can't see and like, I need your help and all this kind of stuff. She freaked out at, at that moment. Yeah. So it's yeah. like she started to believe him and then went, oh no, he is crazy and ran away. And then like you said, all of a sudden it, it was he walks totally through glass, which could just be her going crazy too. And suddenly, <laughs> well, she did say that. I, I like need it. two beds. <laughs> and it, it even feels like she still didn't really believe him, but then she's helping him like steal parts from one of the most <laughs> technologically advanced clocks in the world yeah. seconds before New Year and crap like that. And it's like, if you really think he's insane, why are you going along with any of this? I, I did think it was interesting that. Now, I, I don't know. We, we haven't seen as much of classic Who, but in New Who, the doctor tends to like come in and somehow <clears throat> establish trust and authority. And people are totally fine with either figuring out on their own or being told by him that he's an alien. And they're like totally cool with it. Whereas in yeah. this one, it was like, he's crazy. Yeah. Which like, this is what would actually happen. It's funny because of all the people, she had some of the most undeniable proofs staring right. her in the face. This guy has two hearts. His body just rejected okay, some right, piece of on. metal that I shoved in him last night and but died. His body didn't reject it. It was literally hanging out of him. I guess. He had a he had the tag sticking through his foot. Okay, all right, hang on. I'm with you. I get that. So that's that's plenty of evidence for her to go, something is weird here. It doesn't necessarily then mean He's a time traveler. I guess not. But like the fact that everyone else in this show, they're always pretty right. just accepting. Yeah. They're like, okay, I this believe you. Different. You're an alien and you have time travel. But right. her, who has so much evidence that he just like came back from the dead with a different face, <laughs> staring her right in the face, I guess. And she's just like, no, this can't be real. You're insane. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Trip, what did you think of her? <laughs> I mean, like, as a companion, I think she wasn't out of the ordinary because we've set such a high standard. But, like, for yeah. the time, I think she was a pretty good companion, like, compared to classic Who companions. Let's be fair. Yes. On her first adventure, Jared she saved the universe. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, just yeah. the world. She's done more than some new Who companions um, in terms of... Yeah, I actually, Trip, I wasn't clear on whether we were saving Earth or the universe because it was Earth. The, she yeah. said the, I mean, he said the impact would destroy the Earth. Yeah, but then when he showed her like up on the ceiling of the TARDIS when it pulled back, everything was blowing up. Like all the planets and stars were blowing up hmm. in the future or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. So and, uh, and so the master being free, you know, and 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 completing uh, his that that's has uh, lasting effects, you know, out, out there anyway. Sure, sure. Jared, what was your what was your take on her? You know, being sort of the 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 crossover from classic to new who as a as a companion. Well, I don't think. I mean, I don't think she was given a great shot in this story. Um, in that we we don't get to see her 
out out there, you know, traveling in the TARDIS and and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean she did, but you know, we we just we we don't get to see her reaction to new worlds and things like that. She, you know, it, it's a very um one, she got one well, story. You know, it was very very yeah. one thing there. So, um but I liked her. I I, I you know, we we didn't get a whole lot from her and and most of the time she's like uh, this guy's insane and he can't remember anything about his life anyway. He can't remember he's a doctor anyway, but um, I thought she was, she was helpful and she was interesting and uh, as she was clever as most companions are picked for that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought she did a good job. So if the reboot had worked uh, from this one, do you guys think that eight would have gone back for her grace? Like, would she have been the the companion for the new series? To start I don't off? think so. I don't. I don't, I don't think there was more to her story. Like I don't think they could have kept her as a companion. Yeah. Also, I feel like this was still more of a classic Who sort of feel than a new Who one. And I'm under the impression that classic Who used to drop companions a lot more, and it mm. was less of a big deal. Is that so. true? No, I don't. I I don't know. I'd say that's my impression, but. Um... So uh, maybe not. But. I mean, it, it feels that way to us because every time we watch it, there's a different companion. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're yeah. skipping years ahead, yeah. and, you know, every yeah. time. Um, um, I I personally think that that would have been the first episode of the TV show would have been them contriving a reason for him to go back and, and get yeah. her. There would, she, there would have been, they would have had some MacGuffin that got left behind in the movie that by the way that we never saw in the movie you know they would had to like retcon that and that he would have had to have gone back and only she could help him because it was time locked in the eye of harmony's vortex i don't know making up (laughs) Uh, just like they do um that's that's personally what i think i think it depends on how much the actress uh demand how much money the actress was demanding so well there's that too (laughs) there is that yeah uh so that brings us down to who is the master um apparently he's actually alex mack jared do you know who i'm talking about no, no. Uh, I was you were you were my holdout. I knew that the, no, the boys wouldn't sorry. know who Alex Mack was. Did Alex feel Mack like was the Terminator a Terminator to huh? you. Yeah, what? I was going to mention. Did that. he feel like the Terminator to you? Yes. So yeah. Alex Mack was a, a show on Nickelodeon back when I was a kid, and uh, uh, it's like this this girl is involved in like a some kind of a nuclear accident or something, and she gets all these oh, weird powers. Right. And yes. the first power that she discovers accidentally is that she can just turn into a pile of goo like the master was there. Um, yeah. That's so that, that right. becomes like a plot point. Uh, oh man. Totally episodes. forgotten about that. I never really watched yeah, it, man. but I, I, I remember Mack. it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the first thing I thought of when he came oozing out of that thing. I was like, that effect Blech. looked. So Alex Mack was more silvery and he was more clear. But other than that, it was the same <laughs> type of same type of look. And actually might've been the same time frame. now that I'm thinking about it late late Mm -hmm. 90s that's probably when that was yeah um yeah we said what's what's with the eyes what was that where's the nickelodeon streaming service with all those old shows come on right how's that not a thing you know that might be part of paramount plus because uh one of the things paramount plus is touting is that spongebob is going to be on there so i don't know if paramount owns nickelodeon now i don't know they're all gobbling each other up yeah pretty soon it's all going to just be you know apple tv and taco bell Demolition Man taught us anything. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, Jared, anyway. a friend, I, I, I used a gag like that the other day, and a friend of mine had not seen Demolition Man. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> what? 
Anyways, I'm like, the three seashells, Taco Bell, nothing? Right. He's like, nope, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, Jared, um, two two questions. What was with the eyes and why was the master a snake? Is that <sighs> anything or is that just what they decided to do in this movie? Um, I mean, it's it's mostly uh, it, this, the snake, especially, I think, is is mostly what they decided to do in the movie. Uh, unless there's okay. something I'm forgetting and some true cr- classic who fan is going to come, you know, prove me, show me yeah, to be was, the sham that um, I am. But, it, it, uh, it, was in a, it was in a comic book uh, novelization. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't know about that, but yeah. um, I don't know about any of that to be clear, but, uh, but the right. eyes, the eyes and, and the snake and stuff that does, the master had uh, powers that he could control people's minds. Um, and we, yeah, remember, we like, don't see that as much in new who we see it more in classic who a lot more. And so I don't know if that was like, you know, I always kind of wondered where that came from. Cause I don't really explain it in classic who is it, is it a class that he took on Gallifrey? Like the doctor <laughs> went to how to make all things sonic and the master went to uh, how to control people with your, you know, how to control people's minds. I, you know, I don't really know where that comes from. But yeah, the there was, was in Sonic Shop, and the master was in uh, yeah. hypnosis for beginners. Exactly, yeah, for, exactly. For and and there was uh, not necessarily glowing eyes, but you could tell like the master was looking intently at people to control them. You know, so, so they just said, "Hey, now we've got some newer technology. We can make this really cool." Right, yeah, and, right. And it was, green. Yeah, it, it, the effect, you know, there, or, or was more akin to Jedi mind control without the hand waving. You know, was it, was it centered on the eyes, though? Did he like stare at people without blinking kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, staring, staring intently, uh, not yeah, not yeah. necessarily blinking. I mean, but, you know, not not the same as how the movie did it, though. This is this kind of taking sure. on a, a new a, a interpretation of it. But yeah, right. there was some of that. Uh, the last note I had on the master, actually, no, I'll take, I'll take that back. One, one note that I forgot to even write down was, uh, Eric Roberts was flipping ripped. <laughs> that was like some Captain America level yeah. abs yeah. he had going on for 1996, man. Uh, wow. I did not it's know. Like, what? Um, and then my last note was a uh, nice outfit. The, a, so his, his black, no, his black costume throughout the movie was so nineties action bad yeah, guy that, was cool. that I, I loved every minute of it. Um, it was very Terminator esque, but then yes, his Time Lord outfit that he broke out at the end like, was what? amazing. I, and Jared, I know that was that was scratching all of your itches too, right? Because you're you're yeah. all about the Time Lord fashion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big, big collar I, and everything. I thought that was a really cool update of of like the 1970s yes. when they first came out with those. I thought that was I thought that worked really well. Exactly, and you can I mean you can see it bridging between classic and new. Like it's yeah. definitely, you know, like an yeah. evolution there. Uh, so who is the seventh doctor? Um, I did not have this listed in the notes until I realized, oh, we're hanging out with this guy for a while. Because right. dang yeah. was Sylvester McCoy in this movie for way more minutes than I thought. Oh, we yeah. didn't, I didn't think he was going to be in the movie. Yeah. I, didn't. I knew he was in the movie because I knew that he they they brought him back for the regeneration scene. Right. Um, but that's all I had ever heard. So I assumed that the movie was going to begin with like the TARDIS crash landing and killing the doctor. I thought and when just, he got which is how the seventh down. doctor started his time. Oh, is it? <laughs> the, the sixth I, doctor was apparently on the TARDIS and it crashed. And then you see. And he came um, out of the door. And this was the one where the sixth doctor didn't come back. Right. Right. Colin Baker, right. right. Yeah. So you see so McCoy the, the on the ground with the wig on. 
Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> they put they put McCoy in the clown costume and put a make uh, a makeup uh, a, a wig on him that had the crazy hair that right. Colin Baker had at the time. He's face down, just so laid him face down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. So the fact that he's he was there for so much of this movie was oh, weird. We, so really we sat weird. down. We sat down at like eight oh five to watch the movie, but then at eight oh five you know, everybody realized they needed snacks or whatever. So I don't remember what time we officially began the movie, but the regeneration didn't happen until eight 45. So I'm thinking that we started the movie closer to eight 20, eight 25, something like that. So you're talking 20 to 25 minutes of this 90 minute movie. Corbin, how long was it? Uh, 89, 89 minute movie. Something like twenty of that was the <laughs> the wrong doctor, right? And then um, the uh, oh crap! What was the other thing I was going to say about how much time he was there? Oh, the other thing that was weird was the opening monologue prologue yeah. was McGann. Yeah. <laughs> so you have you have Paul McGann introducing you to by the way doing a drive-by scaro daleks master time travel <laughs> vortex <laughs> the master dot yeah and then it's like oh there's me in my seventh life and i'm like this is breaking my brain because i'm hearing well, the eighth doctor narrating and then the seventh doctor's on the screen and he didn't die immediately well he's telling the story from the future as oh, the eighth yeah, doctor yeah. so he's yeah I get, yeah, I, I I get the conceit there, but it was jarring. Yeah, especially because so much because roughly a third of the movie was not him. You know, it was just uh, so weird. Um, I did write down. Um, he got whacked by the yakuza. <laughs> that was amazing, dude. I mean, like, like the dude's getting fired at. The thing just comes out, and the second he walks out, everybody goes and just runs I mean, away. Okay, so let's step back. The ninth doctor um, essentially, you know, took a cosmic bullet for Rose and yeah. absorbed, what was it? The heart of the TARDIS or whatever. And that killed him. The 10th doctor absorbed enough radiation to kill a small village in order to save Wilf. Yeah. The 11th doctor, what, got old? Yeah. Didn't he just age out? I think so, yeah. Crap. Yeah, Did anything then- specifically happen to him? No, he decided to die so he could blast all the Daleks out of the sky. Something like that. Something. Yeah, he kind of got oh, like yeah. overwhelmed by regeneration energy or something. Um, yeah. We haven't gotten there, so I won't spoil it. And surprise, surprise, I don't remember what kills the 12th Doctor. Nice. Um, you know, these are the things that we've seen. And in this one, he gets gunned down in an alley <sighs> by know. Japanese gangsters. You say that. Yep. What? But that is even even what killed him. He would have lived, oh, except oh, he got punked right. in the heart oh, right. and had a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. was really killed he didn't by even the doctor. Die. He was, he was he killed by, by getting gunned down. He died because they were... In fact, is, like, is he the first doctor to be killed by the incompetence of a companion? <laughs> he got hit in the shoulder once and the legs twice. They basically implied he would have lived. Yeah, they said, we got the bullets out. Now we just have to... Oh, you know what? You know what killed him? curiosity no they're like <laughs> your heart is fibrillating no no they were trying to slow down his heart rate right yeah, yeah f- fibrillation is his irregular percent. heartbeat so yeah he had 180 heart uh, beats per second which means 
90 beats per second per heart right. is what was happening. Right. And they're like, his heart is freaking out, guys. We need to get in there and figure out why. And yeah, that's what killed him. And yeah. by the way, by the way, uh, can we just take a moment and appreciate how far we've come in movies and television of today portraying life-saving measures? Because I thought that guy was going to beat Sylvester McCoy to death with those paddles. Clear, 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 clear. He was like, he was slapping him in the chest with those things, and McCoy was like leaping off the table. I'm sure he was, you know, he was just having to act and whatever. But I was like, oh my gosh, they were. It's like he was doing a hadouken instead of like you know the gentle place the pads and hit the button. You know, Um, all of that whole scene. um, You guys even said like that was an intense five minutes. It, like, it turned God. into a doctor drama. It did. For like five it minutes. Into like Grey's Anatomy for about also, five minutes. What were they sticking through him that you could see the individual cells floating through his? Yeah, that was a little stream. bit of uh, that was weird, But I think it was yeah. basically a camera that stuck yeah, into his arm. It's a heart cath where they 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 can stick uh, like a a a wire basically and sometimes they do it with a camera and sometimes they do it with angioplasty or something to like put something into your blood vessels but yeah the video screen of the individual blood vessels flying by was a little it was a little uh what's that movie uh the the amazing adventure or something where they shrink the shrink down the thing and go inside somebody's body um or or inner space if you're a martin short fan so (laughs) I made a note that there was a moment where I said, Hey guys, look, they're about to x-ray his chest. And then when they clicked the button, they flashed the x-ray on screen. And I was like, Oh my gosh, did he have two hearts? And we had to rewind it. And we spent all this time talking about it. And then in the next scene, they put the, the x-ray up on the board and we're like, Oh, and it becomes like, a plot point, a plot point for the yeah. rest of the yeah. movie. I was like, hey, yeah. eagle-eyed Doctor Who fans catch the second heart in the x-ray flashing on the screen for half a frame. Oh, oh. they're going to show it for like five minutes for the rest of the movie? Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's going to be the only reason that she believed him. <laughs> yeah. So I did enjoy uh, seeing seeing some more of McCoy. I, I get the feeling I would like him. I, I, I think I want to go back and watch some more of his stuff. I, I like him as the Doctor um, and Ace. Holy crap, we've already talked about how much we like Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it is sad that we didn't get a, a little, a little bit of ace, a little yeah. bit. I don't, I don't know how you would do it without it just being fan service. Um, yeah. but that would have been, that would have been really, cause, cause you would have had to have killed her by the way. Yeah. If yep. she was traveling with him, she would have had to have like the, the Yakuza would have had to shoot her too. They both and walk out talking. Oh, and- oh, never mind. Forget I said anything. That would be terrible. They both oh, it'd be walk so out. awful. Yeah, that would be so terrible. And they're hey, too Ace busy is back. Be- oh, she's dead. Hey, y'all. Uh, hey, at least you would have gotten a good 25 minutes of her. But yeah. um, anyways, yeah. The, 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 the idea of the doctor being killed by a medical procedure by an, by an earth doctor, uh, a human doctor, that's was stupid. Oh, uh, that's, that's great. So who is the eighth doctor <laughs> since, since that one is gone? Um, what was the deal with him being able to punch through a metal door? Oh, my God. Yeah. Not only he wasn't just denting it though at the he end, he knocked it off the hinges, which those are yeah. probably like welded on there, steel barrel hinges. I told Corbin, I was like, ah, he's got some regeneration energy, and Corbin goes, well, "Is that a thing?" And I was like, "I don't know." 
Right. It's it's not a it's not a thing in classic Who at all. But in New Who, they have kind of you know said that oh, as after you regenerate, you still have this energy going on, and you can do right. crazy things. So yeah, like, yeah. I turned the corner and I said, "This is my fighting hand." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I did think it was great that Lee wrote his name down as John Smith. Um, that was, that was a, a fun yep. little moment there. And then they ended up using that, you know, throughout. Yeah. Um, I love, I love his line. You have to get me out of here before they kill me again. Yeah. Like only, <laughs> only a time Lord could say that statement yeah. casually with a straight face. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a name dropper. So I started, I started a, a list of names that the doctor dropped. Uh, da Vinci had a cold the day he drew that painting or that, that, that sketch uh, that um, Grace had on her wall. He says he was with Puccini when he died. Yeah. He got on well with Freud and he knew Marie Curie intimately. What? what? Which means he's radioactive, I guess. Is what that <laughs> um, Corbin made this note. His, uh, the eighth doctor's amnesia on top of being an incredibly dramatic first line. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't even hear the word I, it was just scream. Um, and which by the way is the closest we get in this movie to the doctor who moment is him yeah. screaming. Who am I? Um, mm-hmm. His amnesia though, was a convenient way of introducing the audience to the backstory. Yeah. Yeah, he slowly remembered that was it. that was clever yeah not only slowly remembered it but then explain he had to explain it to grace yeah and we always get that with the with a new companion you have to go through bigger on the inside translation matrix gallifrey time lord time travel space and time bigger you know all those kinds of things almost a bigger on the inside twice because it's that important i do want to point out though whenever they do that we don't also have someone else feeding the audience bad information like they were doing in this. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that was what Corbin mentioned earlier. Was that in your, can we talk about section? Uh, or, no, no. Okay. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that I texted Jared and said, okay, was this whole thing about the Daleks executing the master just for the movie? Right. I almost started texting you again going, wait a minute. Why is he saying that the doctor has his body? Was there? Because again, I'm I, here. Here's the 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 uh, skills of the master. I believed him. Yeah, I was like, oh, I must have missed an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, was there an episode where they swapped bodies and I didn't know about it or something? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. So that was. Yeah. Corbin said this had had has to have been very confusing. Yeah. For the original audience, like the like original as international, as it audience. was for us. Yeah, like, and we and we know Doctor Who. Uh huh. Imagine if you knew he nothing. is so clearly the bad guy, but even still, you're not sure. You're like, is he yeah. lying? While we were watching it, you you looked at me and said he's lying, and I went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have never felt so stupid watching a movie with my kids because I was like, wait, what? Did they swap bodies? Is there, was there a plot line that I, was it a comic book or where was it? And Corbin goes, he's lying. Like, and I went, oh, even he's still, the master, he lies. Even uh, still, it's evil. just confusing. It was very confusing. And I, I did like that idea though, that in the same way that you normally have the doctor explaining how bad the bad guy is to his, comp- to his brand new companion, or even to just his companion who's never met this particular bad guy. You had the master explaining to his companion how terribly evil the bad guy is, which in, in his version is yeah. the doctor. There's brilliant storytelling. 
that was that was that was really Except cool. Not good to do it on an opening episode. No, yeah, great storytelling device for people that are familiar with the stuff, yeah. particularly the master doctor rivalry. Um, yeah, but with with our bit of backstory, it it still it still messed me up. Um, so, but then I, but then as soon as Corbin said that, I went, oh, of course he's lying. And then everything he said after that, I was interpreting through the lens of this is the master speaking here, and I went, oh, this totally makes sense. So thanks, Corbin. Because <laughs> I'm serious. I was so lost for like 10 minutes. I'm like, what is happening? And Corbin goes, oh, I get it. He's lying. And I was like, oh, how about, uh, yeah, way to figure sense. that one out, son. Good job. I treat you well. Uh, let's see. He says, I love humans seeing patterns where there are none. I forget exactly what that was in regards to, but um, the oh, about the um, catastrophic event, every 1,000 years. Centering on the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. That is not unlike what it was like in 1999. <laughs> are you all are familiar with Y2K? I was hoping they were going to blame it on Y2K, and I was going to laugh really this was, hard. This was a movie that released in 1996. We weren't even talking about Y2K yet. Yeah. Dang. The, the, the wider public. If there were programmers who were like, hey, guys, like this is coming. It was not in the zeitgeist yet. But you're right. I, I, I was hoping that it was going to come up, and then I went, oh, wait, this was too early. Imagine yeah. how funny that would be if they started blaming the tides rising and crazy weather events on Y2K. Uh, yeah, that would have been great for a movie. For yeah. a movie, obviously. But, but like... Guys, I know people like y'all. Y'all have stood in the cellar of a guy who had wall to wall canned food from his own garden just in case Y2K actually happened. I mean, like it was a oh. real scary time like is and this was you know jerry this was an a, an older guy um so oh, okay. when when he was yeah i mean he was an older guy he had a farm and a garden not a farm but like a you know a a garden with a tractor running it you know yeah and um yeah. they had they had jars <laughs> uh, yes and they had jars and jars of stuff and he was like hey you want some tomatoes and i'm like this is 1998 and he was like yeah it's leftover from y2k <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, hey. and this was this was far enough back that those were still perfectly fine to eat because they were yeah. properly canned and all that kind of stuff. This was not <laughs> this was not last summer. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, all right. Here was here was a a plot point that bothered me about the Eighth Doctor. I get that they were that they were explaining they were t- trying to make sure that the audience knows he's a time traveler, right? Yeah. So there's the moment where he tells the random security guard to answer the second essay question in, in his big exam, not the third. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my problem with that was this was sort of, uh, this was sort of a, um, Oh crap, Jared, what was the, what was the cartoon, the Bullwinkle cartoon with the time travel with the dog? Uh, oh, Oh gosh. Mr. Peabody. What? Peabody oh, and Sherman. Peabody. Thank you. Peabody and Sherman. <laughs> Peabody yep. and Sherman, the thing that always bothered me as a kid was that they would go back in time to see, you know, Abraham Lincoln give the Gettysburg Address. And then when they would get there, uh, his cart broke down. And so he wasn't going to make it. So they had to help him make it. What? So it was like, wait, what are you saying? In, in the original history, he didn't make it. But that's what you came back to see. That always bothered me as a kid. That's what they just did with this. He said, answer the second question, not the third question. because And then explains to Grace Later on, he's going to invent 
some major thing and it's going to save all kinds of human lives, an earthquake machine, detecting machine. Yeah, but first he has to pass his poetry class. So what you're saying is if you hadn't told him that, he would have failed poetry and he never would have become the person that you knew being famous and you never would have known anything about that. How does that work? Hmm. Secondly, (laughs) why does he know that about that guy? Why did he recognize that guy? And more importantly, why did he know that information about Grace and Chang Lee? He told Chang Lee in the most cryptic line in the entire movie, don't be here for Christmas. By the way, you know what I was thinking retroactively, you know, future looking back. I was like, yeah, don't ever be around in Christmas when the doctor's involved because everything goes to crap. (laughs) He should have said, don't be in London on Christmas ever is what he should have said. Um, I guess this was San Francisco, so it was a little different. But he's like, don't be here, which means something bad's going to happen to him. And he's warning him about it. Right. How did he know that about Ling Lee? Right. I searched it every time and remembered a newspaper that he saw. I was going to say it has to be set up for future episodes, but he already knows it. So it can't be for future episodes. It had to have been for things already. And all throughout this movie, we are under the impression that he's just meeting this kid and doesn't have any spark of of recognition whatsoever. And then he said something to about the future for grace. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't tell you it's complicated. And I'm like, how do you know anything about this woman? You didn't recognize her. You didn't know her when you saw her as the seventh doctor. You didn't know her when you saw her as the eighth doctor. You knew that you knew her from before when you were the seventh doctor, but that's it. Yeah. How did he have this like detailed, intimate knowledge of these two people who we just met, future yeah. knowledge of them. It's not intimate. It's like <laughs> random. He knows something bad yeah. happened to this kid next year at Christmas. Well, that's all that's, he knows. Okay, that's what I meant. I guess that's what I meant by intimate. You're right. I mean, he, yeah. he knew the date and time, or excuse me, the date and place and something to do with his death or something. It wasn't even necessarily his death. It was just like, don't something be here. Bad. Yeah. Well, he, um, he consulted his psychic, Miss Chloe. You know, that's, that's what people do, right? <laughs> Okay. Um, if if Chloe's a time traveler, that works out all the time. Um, that was that was my biggest. She was one of those one nine hundred psychics back that advertised. I don't know early two thousands uh, or something. But oh yeah, no, no, I remember. I remember oh, Miss okay. Chloe. She yeah. she was on all the commercials when I was a kid. That's right. Guys, news of the movie is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do, like they do, here's what we want you to do: dooby dooby doo. Head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. Just click on something. Click, whatever crazy thing Trip has added to the website this week, uh, click on it. You know, uh, donate one puppy to Trip. Uh, whatever it is that's up there, I don't even know. Uh, go figure out a way. Our favorite way is for you to become a Patreon supporter, and you can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Five dollars a month gets you a mention on the show. So head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com/support. Become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, so that brings us down to overall impressions. Um, Let's see, who, who who wants to go first? Jared doesn't want to go first. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Last you time, Jared, Jared gave me a hard time. time. <laughs> that, that was the first time. And then, and then you gave him a break the next I'm going to give this, then, I'm <laughs> going to give this uh, uh, eight, eight out of 10 snake eyes. Um, I had, I told your mom last night, guys, um, not you, Jared. I don't know your mom. I <laughs> mentioned uh, to Keely last night that she goes, was the movie good? And I was like, it was even better than I expected. Like I tried very hard not to get my hopes up because I assumed this was going to be pretty good. 
Um, it was it was many years later. I figured the production value was going to go up. It was a movie, so we probably have a bigger budget. And I was like, but I don't want to get like all hyped up for it, especially because I've been waiting for this movie <laughs> since we started this podcast. And it exceeded my expectations. We were laughing throughout it. Um, there were some great action moments. There was a motorcycle chase. I mean, there was like yeah. so many oh, things yeah. in this movie. Um, you know, there was a heist and there was, uh, you know, people getting shot by gang members. And I mean, just like uh, it was wibbly wobbly. There was an amnesia moment. There was two doctors, uh, two companions. Um, just overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Next. Next. <laughs> I wish it was a little better because perhaps it would have taken off. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, you know, and it, again, going back to my conversation earlier about I wish Disney had bought it. Uh, I don't because what would have happened to Doctor Who? Well, you yeah. Know, what, would have happened, yeah. what would have happened if 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 Paul McGann uh, started, you know, the first season in 1998 or something? You know, who who knows? Maybe it would have been amazing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But we wouldn't yeah. have gotten Eccleston. We wouldn't have gotten Tennant. We wouldn't have gotten Smith. That's true. So, if we didn't get Tennant and Smith, I would be. Very I would be quite sad. Yeah. Yeah. So you wish it was I wouldn't know it. But this this is true. This is true. Uh I wouldn't know what I'm missing. But anyway, so I I I agree with you. Universe out there somewhere where um every incarnation of of the doctor in New Who was played by Harrison Ford. And you don't know that he's missed all that. (laughs) We gotta we gotta bring that back every time we record together, huh? I just listened to that episode earlier this week and I was cracking myself up about it. Nice. It's so fun. Well, anyway, I, I, uh, so I agree. I agree with what you said, Austin. Uh, but, uh, I, there are times where I just, I guess I felt like they, they didn't get things quite as, as right as I would have liked them to, uh, you know, That's stuff true. that we've talked about and all that. So I'm, I'm going to dock it just a little more. I'm going to give it a seven out of 10. So, um, long regenerations. Yeah, the regeneration scene itself was pretty long, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. could. I guess I could give it seven out of ten. Too much time with uh, uh, the the seventh uh, or yeah, seventh <laughs> doctor. But that's all right. Go with wrong, long regenerations. Trip, what you got? Um, I think I'm gonna agree with you, Dan. Um, gonna give it an eight out of ten. Sudden deaths. Sudden <laughs> deaths. Ex- Which death was sudden? Um, so many of them. <laughs> all of them basically then the doctor walks out of the door and suddenly and when the master suddenly snaps Snap the dude's Chang's neck like, oh my yes. gosh and then, and then uh, chucked grace across the room yeah yeah <laughs> he threw her to her death he that just was, grabbed that her was rough yeah 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 right <laughs> through her like 20 feet yeah like what so eight out of ten sudden deaths corbin uh, I'm going to show my bias a little bit here because this is, Oh, there's something new. This is by far the most American piece of Dr. <laughs> Who that has ever been made. Was. And this is more American than the impossible astronaut when they came to America. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was awesome. And had, Oh, and had Nixon in it. Oh, <gasps> it, it did. But, um, this is awesome. I loved it. And probably because there was just so much action. Like you already mentioned, there yeah. was a, car chasing they weren't even running from anything totally they just rode that. a bike down the highway for like three whole no, minutes no, no. they were being chased by the well, they were at one point yeah. and then it stopped but they just kept i mean that, that was like a high quality motorcycle chase i know yeah, yeah. followed by, followed by the most slapstick motorcycle chase where the 
the cop drives into the TARDIS, does a loop, apparently, and comes back out and runs away. He's like, no brakes. <laughs> yeah, why did he have no brakes? I don't understand anything about that. <laughs> so, Corbin, what were you saying? Uh, it was good. I loved it, and probably because it felt so American. So that's my bias. But I'm going to say <laughs> two 8 out of 10 goo cobras, or uh, whatever that was. Oh, the uh, goo. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Just went straight when down that, guy's throat. When that goo... Came out of I don't know what was worse the goo coming out of the keyhole of the TARDIS or yeah Corbin the the goo going down Eric Roberts' throat. It looks just, like they just poured, <laughs> looks like they just poured hand sanitizer through the keyhole. <laughs> it's hand like, sanitizer mixed with corn syrup or something. That stuff was yeah. viscous, yeah. <laughs> which is the most disgusting way I can put that. I think. Uh, do we even need to talk about creep levels? I see everybody's no. everybody's stuff no, on here. Really I mean, kind of when his eyes were kind of creepy. When we finally got to see the cobra head, that was kind of that was kind of cool creepy. But like, um, yeah. there wasn't a there wasn't a whole lot else. You say when we finally got to see the cobra's head, but it didn't look like it had any sort of form until that was scene. Like... No, it, it got gradually more and more snake-like. There was one, there was one moment where I was like, "That definitely are they trying to make it look like yeah. a snake, or is it just that's what <laughs> a slithering point, tube thing looks like?" It was dark, so yeah. like the liquid yeah. looked dark. So I was like, "Is that a snake?" Wait, yeah. What? By the way, yeah, a very dark episode of Doctor Who, like literally, like might, there was a lot of it was in the nighttime, people. and uh, and and then again in our <laughs> in our Gothic castle TARDIS. <sighs> Man, I love that TARDIS. I want Wait. that. To, I want that to be 14's TARDIS. Two people died in the Gothic TARDIS. Three. Yeah. Three? Oh, the, the master died the master. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, guys, that brings us down to the game plan. Next week, I was like, oh boy, we can finally get into series 10. Nope. Um, we've, <laughs> this was our back-to-back Christmas special uh, year. This was the year without a doctor, uh, except for... The, so, so think about this. I, I forget what year it was, but when we covered the return of Dr. Mysterio, that was the only Doctor Who that aired that year. Hmm. And not the only time this is ever going to happen. We're going to have this happen at least one more time where I think there was a, uh, I think this happens with 13. Uh, We get something similar to this with a, with a festive special being the only one that airs in the calendar year. Uh, So we'll be covering the return of Dr. Mysterio. And uh, if you're going who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Like I said, I don't, without trying to spoil anything, the, the title confused me to no end. If you see the cover art and the title, you think it's referring to something that it's not. It's it's weird. Anyways, okay. um, after that, yeah, could I be more cryptic, please? After that, we are actually going to get into the series ten opener, the pilot. Uh, so, uh, and then we're just kind of dashing on through there. Let's see, do we have? I don't. We've we've spent so much time mapping this part of things out. I don't know that I've done much work um, after that. So, okay. Yeah. So then after we do the first couple of episodes, first four episodes, we'll do a timey wimey that is as yet unpicked. So we've got to, we've got to figure out which one we're going to do. Um, so stick around for all of that guys. Noobs in the Hoovian is a production of master closet studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. And our classic who guru is this guy. Hey, I'm still Jared. I'm still Jared. <laughs> Special thanks to TARDIS. Jared, this is what the people stick around for. Nobody That's listens right. to the closing credits except for on these episodes. So there you go. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic who input. 
We didn't have <laughs> a connection section this week. Um, shout out to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. Head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com where you can find links to our social media, our email, and uh, how you can support us on Patreon and all the other ways. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, like us, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're the And there's the other guy. And I'm, again, Jared. Again, Jared. Until again, next time, Jared. be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. Pretty sure we got some bloopers this week. Be whoop. <laughs>